The following is an encore presentation of Exploring Missions. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. One of the most amazing things that I've learned uh, in my life as a follower of Christ is, is God's purpose for us to be on mission. And I've always loved geography. I just I look at maps. I love road atlases, and uh, just I just enjoy that globes. I've got several globes, and uh, I just love that. And one of the things that I love about it is where God placed His people uh, when He gave them an, a land, a nation, right where three continents connect, and that's where He placed them. Sounds like missional purpose to me. This is Bert Harper along with Nathan Harper, and it's our privilege to be on Exploring Missions with you. Uh, We love this program. It helps AFR carry out part of their uh, vision statement, mission statement concerning aiding the church and carrying the gospel, uh, you know, around the world here in the United States, but all over the world. And so today we want to talk about God's mission for all the earth and God's desire for all the earth. Nathan, when you read Psalm 67, verse 1, that I've heard many times prayed Mm -hmm. at events that says this, God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his his face to shine upon us. I've heard that, and it kind of stops. When I discovered verse (laughs) 2, it really put that one verse in a perspective, is not just God being good to us because he loves us, but he's good to us and makes his face to shine on us so others can see what God's done for us. And I think that brings about missions, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, Psalm 67, verse 1, is just a reference, uh, a portion, but it you know it calls to mind the, the entire uh, blessing of Aaron. Uh, from from Numbers chapter six, and uh, and you and you quoted that, and um, you know, a lot of times we want to, um, you know, receive that blessing and and enjoy that blessing, and uh, and focus on that blessing, and you know, none of that is wrong actually, uh, because God is God who wants to bless His people. You know, He wants to give peace. He wants to show His grace and uh and work in in our lives but all that blessing is actually for a deeper further purpose um god's purpose and verse 2 of psalm 67 brings that out it says so that your way god's way may be known on earth your salvation among all nations so real quickly we understand the psalmist um is picking up on just an Old Testament theme, a theme uh, from from the law and even really the heartbeat of God, uh, that God would be glorified, not just in Israel, not just in that one little point that you mentioned on the map, 
uh, where there's a crossroads of, of the nations of the world really uh, come together. But it's for God's glory to uh, spread from that location to all the ends of the earth. And and when you read this and, and you read the rest of the psalm, I, I'm just going to do that as well. We're concentrating, yes, on verse 2. But listen to the other verses because it tells you God's love for who you're talking about, the people of the earth. Verse 3 says, Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for, your, uh, for you judge the people righteously and govern the nations on earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us, and shall bless God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Now, even at the end, verse, uh, the last phrase here, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him, glorify him, observe him. So we've got purpose, and that's what this program's about, trying to to help us understand that God saved us because he loved us, but he has kept us here on earth for purpose. And that purpose, as you have so well stated, Nathan, is to glorify him and and let others see what he's done in our lives that I think would complete what it says in the New Testament, that when people would ask us of the faith that's in us, of what's happening uh, that we would be ready to give an answer of God's grace and God's mercy. So let's tie in Matthew twenty-eight sixteen through 20, when it says, make disciples, and it's to all the nations. Nathan, uh, God's purpose in the Old Testament of making himself known and being glorified, and God's purpose in the New Testament where Jesus would come, he would live, he would die, he would be raised again. He ascended to the Father again, that all the nations may know. Um, you know, I, I hear people talk about the difference in the Old Covenant and New Covenant, and there is. There's, there's difference. I know that. But one of the things is that is continued through the Old and the New is to make him known that all the people of the earth would glorify him. That's, that's neat from Genesis to Revelation, isn't it? It, it absolutely is. It's it's throughout every uh, book of the Bible. Um, you can find it um, throughout every every uh, chapter. Uh, this focus that God has on you could you could call it a couple things. You could say God is concerned with filling the earth with His own glory. You know, um, another way we might say that is just simply God's global harvest. Oh, you know, God has yeah. a global harvest in mind from the very creation of the earth. Um, even through uh, man's sin, that did not derail God's purposes, and um, in in choosing Israel to represent Him to the nations, and uh, sending His own Son Jesus to be the Savior of the world and Lord of of all. Um, even you know, looking ahead to what things that have not yet um, been finalized, as we read, uh, you know, the the end of the New Testament there in Revelation. Uh, God has a global harvest of peoples from every nation, every tongue, every tribe on his heart. And the way he does this is we're servants. Even it says to Jesus, he did not come 
to be served, but to serve. He's left us here as servants of his to all the nations, among the nations. And as we serve him, uh, demonstrating his love toward us, uh, it speaks loudly. And and when you do serve, uh, I, I wanted to say you take a risk. You know, uh, people might think they, they're judging your motives. They're judging yeah. uh, why uh, you are wanting to share your faith with them. But you take a risk at being ignored. You take a risk at being misquoted. You're taking a risk. But that risk is willing and must be taken. Uh, in Luke chapter 5, I love this story uh, about, you know, launching out into the deep to ch- catch fish. Uh, he didn't say stay close to shore. He said launch out into the deep. And Nathan, and when, one more analogy, uh, fruit. Fruit uh, grows away from the trunk out on the branches uh, where at the end of the branches close. And, you know, we, yeah. we have to determine risk, safety, risk, safety. Uh, that's not just true with people going to a, another country. It may be across the street. It may be speaking a word, but that risk is worth taking, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Especially when we know uh, who the reward is for. You know, there's that uh, thought of measuring risk versus reward. You know, is the reward going to be worth taking the risk to earn it? And um, the reward is the uh, goes to the lamb who suffered, you know, and, and he uh, is declared king and worshiped by peoples from all tongues, tribes, and nations. Um, and so that reward of um, that belongs to the lamb belongs to Jesus, our Lord, is worth any risk that we can take. Um, I'm reminded of a uh, just a thing that happened in, in my life where uh, in, in the past I was, uh, my family and I were serving in uh, in a area where lots of resettled refugees from around the world had come to the U.S. and uh, were living among us. And uh, we were doing ministry work and, and mission work there among them. Um, and some of the one of the groups of peoples that had come uh, were from the country of Somalia. Now, if anybody knows anything about Somalia, uh, they know that it's very is considered highly unreached with the gospel, um, and there are very few Christians in Somalia. There are very few Christians uh, followers of Jesus who are even uh, from Somalia, even living in other places. And uh, so we were working with uh, some of those individuals from Somalia. And uh, to make a long story short, there's always this, as a missionary, there's always this um, kind of what you're talking about, the balance of safety and risk. And, you know, living in the U.S., there's not a whole lot of risk, to be honest with you. Uh, Now, in Somalia now, currently, there's a great risk. In fact, um, just this past week, I received an email update from uh, some friends who work there. And... uh, there's, uh, they're expecting a, another uptick in uh, persecution uh, among Christians there in Somalia. So we need to be praying for our brothers and sisters there. But again, to make this uh, long story shorter, um, you know, I was confronted one day by this uh, Somali lady. And uh, 
she just kind of, and if you know anybody that's uh, like this, this is, this kind of uh, illustrates what uh, Somali women or most of them are like. They're very blunt and upfront and uh, they'll just speak their minds. And this lady just came up to me and said, um, are you one of those uh, followers of Jesus? And I said, well, yes, ma'am, I am. And she goes, yeah, but are you one of those uh, evangelist kind of uh, followers of Jesus? The, the ones that go around trying to tell people about Jesus. And I thought for a second and, you know, I'm thinking, what is, what is she trying to get at? What does she have plans? You know, is she going to run me out of this uh, neighborhood? What, you know, what's going to happen? What's my risk here? But God gave me the grace and I just simply answered her question. Yes, ma'am, I actually am. And uh, she said, with a smile on her face, she said, good, that's the best kind. We don't want any of those that are, that are uh, too afraid uh, and, and want to hide everything. And then she just went on. And, uh, you know, I, I learned a lesson that, you know, it's not good to hide. Uh, the light that God gives us is not meant to hide under, you know, a bushel, under a basket. We're to let our light shine before men so they might see our good works. The great I love that story. I had not heard that one, and uh, that blesses me. The risk must be taken. Launch out into the deep. Go to those areas and do the work that God's called us to do, not only in places but in areas of society, in your home, in your schools, uh, in government, in everything. Who you are as a follower of Christ should be brought to the table. And uh, now that doesn't mean that uh, sometimes you uh, ignore others and do. It means that just you're, you have, I, I would say you have a, a biblical missional vision, Nathan, you know, to, yeah. to everything. If you're a follower of Christ, that's always part of who you are. Now, not only is the risk must be taken, but according to Hebrews 12, 1, the race must be run. Uh you, you, it's not just sometimes one risk and one conversation, but according to Hebrews 12, 1, let me read that. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Now, we could teach on that, but uh, in other words, you gotta, you got to be equipped and uh, be in, in shape to run this race that he's saying and run with endurance the race that lies before us. The idea is running the race, and it's not a sprint. It's kind of like, and, and if I understood this right, I looked in the Greek, it's a marathon, a long. But it's more than that, uh, Nathan. I, I, I could not, as I read that and I was studying, I thought it's, it's one also where it's handed to the next generation. You know, like a relay, uh, relay race yeah, where you carry yeah. the baton and you— carry it and you give it. And and so I grew up hearing this, and I don't hear it from the pulpits very much anymore, although we might should, that Christianity is always one generation away from extension. In other words, if we don't pass it on uh, in our family or whatever, uh, it will stop. Does it stop with you? I hope not. I want to hand it off. So running the race has the idea of endurance, but it also has the, the, the idea of cooperation, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a team effort. Um, it's, um, you know, nobody runs solo. Uh, God doesn't call us to do that. 
even when he sent out his uh, his apostles uh, to do some of their uh, mission work, uh, Jesus would send them out in in groups of two, and there was lots of reasons for that. Um, one of the main reasons, however, is just simply that that reflects God's heart. Um, that you know, God could do anything and everything He wants to do. He could accomplish His very own purposes with just a word from Him. You know, His own His own mouth, His own words. He could accomplish anything. He created the world. He created the universe with just His words. God could bring about His purposes as end result that He's desiring on His own. But he doesn't. He chooses to use and work through us as slow and as stubborn and as backwards as we make it. Uh, God still wants to use us. And so that's a picture of, um, you know, none of us have it all together. We need each other and we need to uh, work together to accomplish God's commission that he's given us. And what he has given us, I want to make one more statement here before we we're talking about serving the world. Uh, We serve them. We take a risk. We serve them by showing them Christ, and we do it in cooperation with others. But his grace is sufficient. He's given us what we need to do what he's called us to do. Uh, I've heard a call to preach was a call to prepare. It is. But in this preparation, we learn not just knowledge and how to do things, but we also learn that his grace is sufficient. And, and I know it was in 2 Corinthians twelve nine where Paul was given this thorn in the flesh, and Paul prayed that God would take it away three times. And uh, God says, no, you know, you're going to keep it. And he says, my grace is sufficient. But Nathan, his grace is sufficient for salvation. It's sufficient for service. It is sufficient for life, isn't it? It is. And talking about God's grace, I mean, if you go back to Psalm 67, in that very first uh, verse, may the, may God be gracious to us and bless us. You know, God's uh, grace at work in our lives. Um, if you follow Psalm 67 down to the last verse, verse 7, uh, verse 7 is where you see uh, God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him. It's almost like verse 1, that grace is like a seed that goes into the ground of the earth. And uh, verse 7 is the fruit of that seed spreading and multiplying over, over the face of the earth, resulting in God's glory and worship of, of him. And so it's like, you know, God invests in us through his grace, and we are to then uh, see ourselves be uh, kind of cast out onto the earth like, like seeds being uh, spread. And uh, that grace goes out uh, through other people, even through us. We're looking at verse 7 here in Psalm 67, that they shall fear him. Part of that, part of the fear. Fear is a big word when it talks about all the ramifications of what it means toward God. But one of those is glory, giving glory. And yeah. so our ultimate our ultimate purpose is to glorify the Lord. And, and that's what it says here in verses 2, as we're glorifying the Lord, that it may be known on earth, and salvation among all the nations. Now, it's interesting he'd use two words, the earth, and he is he's really talking about the earth itself throughout, uh, geographical, and among the nations, individual. In other words, uh, while you're looking at it overall, you look at it, uh, I would say, particular for one group when God calls you to that. 
I I find that true, and that's I think repeated in Revelation chapter fourteen verses six and seven. Nathan, I want to read that. Mm-hmm. Then I saw another angel flying in midair, <clears throat> and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live. Now here it is on earth. Now take that back to Psalm sixty-seven, where it says that his ways may be known on the earth. And then he individualizes it and says to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Four different terms, and they're four different Greek words. Uh, It's talking about ethnos, ethnicity, nation, Nathan. Language is is language, you know. But then the tribe and people I found very interesting. I was looking up the word tribe, and and it really, the people groups that you and I have talked about, really fit into that even smaller it could be translated clans and mm-hmm. then the the people is a larger group where they have culture and different things together so when you read revelation 14:6 and 7 and you compare it to psalm 67 that all the earth and every nation should be reached revelation 14 is talking about the culmination that when this is accomplished, this is what's going to happen with the gospel of Jesus Christ being carried around the world. I, I found connecting yeah. those two just bless my heart, brother. Yeah, I mean, you can you could almost say, uh, just like Jesus did in, in uh, Matthew twenty four fourteen, that the, the gospel of the kingdom must be proclaimed uh, among all the nations. You know, as a witness among all the nations. So, in other words. Um, the end result will be there will be some people, some brothers, some sisters in Christ gathered from every one of those categories. Now, how many, when, I don't know. God's in control of all that. Again, he still uses us in all of that. Uh, but at the same time, God's heart is for all peoples on the face of the earth. There's not a individual that has been, that has been born that lives and breathes. Even those that have gone before and and passed away, and that God did not know them, know who they are, and desire for them to worship Him. And that's why they were created, and so that will ultimately be the end result. And uh, we're kind of in the middle right now uh, with with this task to, you know, accomplish that's still out in front of us. You know, when I heard your story about the woman from Somalia. Uh, and you was telling about very few followers are there. There's other groups. That's a whole country. But then you got individuals inside these countries, and our job is to carry the gospel as, as God has given it to us, to share with the nations, with the people groups, with every language. That's why Wycliffe Bible translators and others that do that and get the Bible in people's language has such an important job to do. But I wanted to share this. We're to glorify God no matter where you are. Uh, in our introduction to the program, we talk whether it's across the street or around the world. Well, we're to glorify God and be on mission with God where he has placed you. He's placed you there. If you could only understand you've been placed there, you're God's representative there. I I have a whole message, and I, I wouldn't try to preach it in this, but it's about Elijah and God moving him around from place to place. And the words that he uses, it says, I'll provide for you there. And then he moves him to another place, and he says, I will provide for you there. Where God has placed you, there's provision. And one more, Genesis 22, when God told 
Abraham to take Isaac to a mountain that he would show him up there. There was just one of those mountains where that uh, ram was caught in the thicket, and that was there. Uh, we, we need to be where God wants us as best we can, but wherever you are, wherever you are, you're to glorify God, aren't you? That's right. I mean, the whole earth belongs to the Lord, and he's put each of us in a particular little spot, you know, on that, on that, wor- in that world. Uh, we got our own little corner, you know, that we're kind of, yep. you want to say we're kind of responsible for, and uh, we're to, you know, be fruitful and multiply, uh, for, you know, in and, and from that location. Um, the question is, have we left our corner unturned for the gospel? Is it still left unturned? That's why God has us there to, to sow seeds of the gospel in people's lives all around us, the people we already know the people that we'll come in contact with, you know, in the near future. And uh, so uh, God has us for his purposes in his place, and he will provide uh, that seed, you know, the gospel uh, for, a, for a willing gospel sower, a, a worker in, in God's harvest field. <clears throat> God will always provide gospel seed for those who are willing to work. Second Peter 1.3 says, <clears throat> God through his divine power, has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Uh, not only is where you're placed, but with, he has given you what you need. Uh, you really have. You just need to use it. Uh, I've heard, a, you know, people talking about having a, a car uh, parked in the garage. If it's just parked in the garage, it's not fulfilling its purpose. Just to be looking at a car no matter how good-looking that car may be and the work you've done on it, keeping it shine, it is to be run. God has given us everything. We need to use what God's given us. And the last thing, I, I, I do believe this is cooperation. You've already talked about how God's sovereignty of knowing people that be saved but also using us in order to accomplish that, and that's bigger than me. I just know it, yeah. and I teach it. I don't completely understand it, but I know he does it. But he fits us with others to carry out this this ministry, Nathan. You know, you talked about sending them out by twos. It's amazing how God fits people together in ministry, isn't it? It is. You know, going back again to Psalm 67, um, the words us, you know, at the very beginning, may God be gracious to us and bless us. Look on us with favor. It's not a me thing. You know, it's a we thing. And um, there's a there's a phrase uh, that's kind of been used in, in, you know, maybe in business or leadership circles and is called uh, no daylight. I don't know if you're uh, familiar with this, but the idea is we work so close together. We're so much in tandem and following God's purposes so closely together. There's no daylight between us, oh, no, wow. no division, no, no gaps. And, uh, and then through that, through working together, that light will shine uh, from us from uh, our team, from our groups, uh, to all the earth. God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Yes, God has blessed us and we want to share that good news with others. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. God's blessed us. He's blessed you. Let's use those blessings to carry out his purpose in our life as we serve others and we glorify him 
that all the earth may know.